Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis of the Horn. Welcome back to the Sports Complex on a Friday afternoon. A big show today. Extra hour of the show here today on the Sports Complex. Going to be talking a ton of Texas OU all show long till 645 when we give you up to Vandergriff football. But until then, man, Rob Baber is going to be joining me in studio in just a minute. And out at Terry Black's Barbecue out in Dallas getting ready for the big game. My man, Aaron Hogan, he's got some friends out with him. Aaron, how you doing today, brother? Good man, good man. Terry Black's Barbecue, got a great crowd building in uh, West, uh, Deep Ellum in West or East Dallas, East downtown Dallas, a really hip spot. But, man, Terry Black's Barbecue out of Lockhart, Texas, growing like crazy. And uh, we've been hanging out here this afternoon and will be all the way until 7 o'clock. Or Vandergriff football, as you said. And, yes, friends are here. Uh, Jerry Hamilton and Bobby Burton from Inside Texas, who've been here since about 1.30, uh, gorging themselves on Terry Black's Barbecue. Did a web stream out here for the Inside Texas crowd, which was really cool. How are you guys? Ready for the game, man. <laughs> we've been talking. It seems like three weeks we've been talking about the game, and I don't think there's any much more that can be said um, other than, that, you know, we find some more keys to victory. We'll sure. come up with something else at this point. But, yes, I mean, it's, it's game time. And we're, we're, what would you say? I heard you say the official hourly clock time. Yeah. I think it's officially like 19 hours till kickoff. Nice. It's 19 hours right now, yeah. yeah. Inside 24 hours. Of course, Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton from inside Texas uh, doing the on Texas football thing. And we are here with the Horn, Patrick and Rod, back in the studio. But, man, thank you to Terry Black, uh, as we said, out of Lockhart, Texas. But, uh, Bobby, I didn't know this. You used to own a barbecue restaurant yourself. Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, in, uh, it's called Judge Beans Barbecue in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, had one and uh, sold it in December of this past year. Had it for about uh, 15 years. It's a, a great lot time. of work, but they are they're fun. They were. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. One of the reasons I sold it is so I could uh, actually focus on on Texas football yeah. more <laughs> uh, and on three sports. So uh, it's been fun. Your fun. Your, uh, your review of Terry Black's barbecue here in Dallas. Uh, delicious. <laughs> they do they do brisket a little bit better than we did. I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's unbelievable, and uh, man, this is such a cool place. I was here last year, not doing any radio, and I was like, Terry, I got to come back. This place is perfect. Our, our audience can gather and uh, eat some amazing food, and uh, have some drinks and some Bud Lights, and uh, get this thing ready to go. Right in downtown, there's parking here. There's a parking lot here and across the street. So, 
Come on out if you're driving up, up 35. Traffic wasn't too bad for me. There's a little spot in Belton there as Colleen merges with Belton that, that it'll bog down a little bit, but you'll be good. Come join us. We're here all the way until 7 o'clock, and it's Texas and, uh, and Oklahoma at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. Uh, you know, we go all, to, all the way to Vandergriff football. Have you seen uh, Mike Adams' kid play quarterback? I have not. I have not. It's only on tape. I've not seen him in person. I did see Vandergriff last year early in the season. Uh, I was at one of their games, and I did not pick them to go to state after watching that game. I underestimated them. Uh, that is a really well-coached team and well-coached program. Uh, he's done a great job with Vandegriff. Uh, obviously, they have the lineman Frazier committed to Michigan in this class. Last year, they had uh, the kid committed to Clemson, the sign with Clemson. So they had a really good offensive line. But that's a really well-coached team. Yeah, over Drew there. Sanders does a Drew great Sanders job. does a great job with that program. And 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 Deuce Adams is the son of Mike Adams, yep. if you remember. And his brother is his sophomore receiver. Deuce is a dude, man. That guy can make plays. Because last year they had the kid Buchanan who ended up going to Baylor to play yes. baseball, who took him to the state title game. Now they got Deuce who can run all over the place. He's got a rocket for an arm. He's a Louisville commit. Going to Louisville. Yeah, yeah big time player. Hey, hey, by the way, uh, did, I don't know if Louisville lost week. Last week they were undefeated. I might be wrong. They are. They're playing. They're still uh, undefeated, right? Yeah, Notre Dame tomorrow. Notre Dame. So now they're going to have a loss. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a bunch of sneaky, cool games this weekend. Obviously, Texas, hoping they're not one of these underdogs that are, or favorites that gets knocked off. But, you know, Georgia and Kentucky is kind of a weird game. Aggies are underdogs at home to A&M. Uh, and then Notre Dame on the road at Louisville coming off Clemson, um, you know, Clemson into uh, Duke. And now this game, a lot of those little games where there could be some upset specials. But uh, we don't think so at Texas uh, and Oklahoma. You talked to us this morning, Jerry, and appreciate that on, on Rod and I show. But uh, lines of scrimmage, uh, d- yeah. definitely in favor of the, te- of the Texas Longhorns. That's credit to Sark and Kyle Flood and Bo Davis. They've been, you know, diligent about the big humans and building that. Uh, that's the biggest single advantage in this game is up front on both sides. Yeah, I think, it, look, when Sarkeesian was hired here, and then you knew Kyle Flood was coming in uh, with him as the uh, offensive coordinator, offensive line coach. Um, and, and you started hearing the term large human, right? Big humans, large humans, um, almost immediately. And this is, this is the year where you've seen all that work in recruiting uh, come to fruition for Texas. I mean, they are massive on the offensive line. When Bobby and I were at the first couple of fall practices, the open media sessions, our biggest takeaway when we went and wrote something on Inside Texas or went to On Texas Football was this team looks like an SEC team now. They have the talent that, that's been missing at all positions as a whole in the program, and it really started up front on the offensive line, which has been a tough spot for a decade before that. They have big guys up front on both sides, and they have speed and skill on the perimeter. Yeah. And then add Steve Sarkeesian in, who obviously is a quarterback guy. You add that element of a of great quarterback play, which Texas, other than Sam Ellinger, has probably missed for about 10 to 15 years. You start adding all of those elements together, and that's where you get to where Texas is sitting at – Five and O and a five and a half point five point favorite over OU as both teams are undefeated had added to the Cotton Bowl tomorrow. And, and you know what illustrates the work Sark uh, and his staff have done, Tory Beckton, who we should always mention because this uh, the, the, pl- staff, the player yeah. development, the player development, uh, Aaron has been amazing. Um, and, and to me, there's no further, uh, there's no farther you have to look than Jonathan Brooks, and, and not that you develop a running back's instincts, right? But the depth in talent recruited now he was committed already but still they've developed him and the thing about it is these guys have stayed they haven't left when they weren't playing i mean that's the thing Uh, you have guys like jonathan brooks who have winner's dna and that's he's waited his turn 
and now it's his turn, and he's making the most of his opportunities. And that's when a program really ascends, is when you've, when you've recruited enough of these talented players, you develop in your, in your off-season program and from a skill standpoint on the field. And those guys, they're around the – and they, sometimes the, you, you, the word culture is overused, but to, to Sark's point, the guys stick around when the culture's good and you start winning games and you can see the light at the end of the tunnel – um, and, and there's a lot of those guys, but Jonathan Brooks is the one for me, Bobby and Aaron, that really stands out. He could have easily left last year. He could be starting at Houston or starting at a lot of other places, but he stuck it out. Uh, he, he was waiting on his time, and he's making the most of his time. That's great player yeah. development and program development. Especially, Bobby, considering you know a five-star over top of him and from C.J. Yeah. Baxter and actually won the starting job. In this day and age, a lot of guys had bolted out of there and people wouldn't even would have understood after sitting behind Bijan and Roshan waiting his turn. And here comes C.J., uh, team player, and I give that credit to Sark that it's, uh, it's a culture that's really good because they're, they're able to go out and poach the, the, the portal for their own needs uh, in specific spots like a Jalen Catalan or, a, or an A.D. Uh, Mitchell who just take you to that nef- next level, plug those holes that you may have and add depth in key places. One of the biggest things for me with Sark that has been a positive, uh, a lot of coaches take over jobs, and basically if they didn't recruit you, sayonara, right? They don't care about you. I mean, you're not their kid, right? Well, Jonathan Brooks, Jalen Ford, Jaron Thompson – Byron Murphy, yep. Tavondre Sweat. Yep. I mean, Baron Sorrell was not originally one of his commits. I mean, just think they when Jerry says talks about development and culture, the two actually go hand in hand because Steve Sarkeesian didn't just say he didn't just didn't just cast those guys aside. Um, he actually took them under his wing and he's developed them. I, when you talk about development for me, I think of Jalen Ford. Yep. Yeah. I mean, because Texas, how long has it been since Texas had a really really good linebacker? I mean, it's been a decade. Yeah. Uh, Acho and, and Jordan Hicks and those guys, I mean, they've had good linebackers through, through the years, but I, no don't one count, that I don't count Joe Osai as a linebacker. No, no. He's more no. of an edge. And so – And Belink Jeffers was a productive player, but he wasn't the player Jalen Ford is. Right, exactly. He's not at all he's – not, he's not Big 12 defensive player. No, yeah. And so I, I feel like you look at that, and here's a guy that wasn't his kid, right, wasn't the guy that he recruited, but – They've come in and they've blossomed and they bought into it. Yeah. Uh, not every not every coach does that. I mean, look, Deion Sanders blew it up yeah. at Colorado. You know, I mean, and that's okay because maybe that's what Colorado needed. That's not necessarily what Texas needed and got it going. I know uh, Big Twelve Media Day's first year when Sark sat down with us. He he he. The first couple things he said were, "We have the best offensive line and defensive line coach in America." That's yeah. where we're starting this program because he'd worked with Kyle and obviously Bo Davis's track record goes without saying, and uh, and that's where it started. I think the, the players that stuck understood that, that Sark was genuine, saying, "Hey, I want you guys to be here," but also, "Damn, these are good coaches. Yeah. These are guys that can develop me. Uh, I want to be a part of that." And, and we're seeing, and that's where all this depth comes from because guys haven't left unless they knew they weren't going to play at the very bottom of the depth chart and then Correct. to target the guys. Also, it's, it's interesting to me that Sark realized when he went to the NFL about the big humans. I, he has hit, he's admitted that's really where it crystallized for him. He, had, he was at Alabama dominating, realizing, man, we're kicking ass up front, and I got all these skilled players. They can't get to us. Then he goes to the NFL, and the Falcons have this undersized line, and they can't compete with the uh, 49ers of the world. And these big physical, he's like, that'll never happen again. Right. If I ever get another look, bite at the apple, I'm going big humans. And who is his offensive line coach at Kyle the same Flood. time? Kyle Flood. Yeah, uh, because you just can't win. I mean, and you can – in the college level, Bobby, you can overwhelm. 
Yes. If you can, if you you could, could dominate. Yes. Yeah, that, that doesn't happen. That very rarely happens in the NFL. And, and that doesn't mean you dominate the first quarter. It means as the game moves along and those big bodies lean on you long enough that you dominate when you need to. And we're, we've talked about keys to the game. One of my big ones for, uh, for Texas is, um, look, Alabama's more talented defense than Oklahoma, no question about it. Um, one thing Sark and Texas have been able to do this year is run the ball when they want to and when they have to. Yeah. And for Texas fans tomorrow, if, Te- if, if Sark's running the ball when he wants to and when he has to effectively tomorrow, you're going to be celebrating at the end of the game. I truly believe that. We're live here at Terry Black's Barbecue in downtown Dallas, Main Street, uh, just east of, uh, of 30. Uh, here in Deep Ellum is what they call this area. Very cool spot. And when you're done here tonight eating barbecue and listening to our show, you can wander up and down. There's a, what I saw, a punch bowl social and all kinds of stuff. This can be your spot tonight. If it's an Uber ride away from your hotel uh, or you're looking for a place to come out and eat dinner, this is your spot heading up here. Patrick Davis back in the Horn headquarters. Patrick, are you feeling uh, pretty good about this game? A uh, couple of, uh, you know, inside of 24 hours out, my friend. You know, it's one of those games that you look at, and because every single category seems to kind of be favoring Texas, that it's actually made me more nervous by Thursday, Friday. Because it keeps – it's all going too well that this story doesn't end this way in a rivalry game. So I, I'm a little bit more worried about it than I was on Wednesday because Wednesday everything points to Texas being able to handle Oklahoma, but I'm a little bit more worried. We'll point out Rod Baber is now joining us uh, in the studio here as well. we got the full horn power going. What's up, gentlemen? Here we go. Here we go. Hey, and Rod, why is that, if everything we just said is true and what Patrick just said, he's getting more leery the more confident Texas fan base is, why is the line dropping? I mean, that's what everybody's <laughs> trying to figure out. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, Somebody knows weird. something. Yeah, that's <laughs> weird. I don't know. Maybe it's the injuries to uh, JT Sanders and Ryan Watts. Maybe the Vegas figures they're a uh, little bit more serious than Texas is uh, uh, leading on. But I, I actually, you know, JT Sanders is going to play, but there are so many other weapons, and Texas can – Offensively, they're so malleable. They can be a lot of different things offensively. Yes, ha- not having JT Sanders, if that is the case, knock on wood, hope it's not, uh, your best matchup nightmare, not having it available really does change the complexion. But Texas still offensively, they are not a one-trick pony. They got a lot of different ways they can beat you. So uh, defensively, Ryan Watt's not playing. I mean, it. maybe that's something, if he's not available, maybe that's something that they're looking at too, that you can see Dylan Gabriel, who's the best quarterback Texas face, attacking that second especially younger guys in that secondary. Rod, Rod, can I ask you a question? Because this is a – with Watts potentially out, do you see OU's quick passing game to the outside being more successful since Watts can really play through that receiver blocking game that OU likes to put – Put, put into play? Yeah, I mean, that's the good thing about the secondary, right? These guys have closed pretty quick, and they've been, so far, they've been adequate open field tacklers, too. J.J. Barron has been exceptional <laughs> at being able to stop that, you know, the short, quick game and being able to close in on it and, and make plays. I do think the younger guys, Malik Muhammad, from what I've seen at that boundary corner, I do like how physical he plays. And that's the thing about Ryan Watts. He's a physical corner. Hell, might even, I think Jerry say might translate to in safety at the next level, but he's a physical corner. And remember, the coaches talked about how they liked how physical Malik Muhammad was. That he was physical in practice. That he was a guy that was forcing fumbles, physical in the running game. Hopefully, that translates. But for young guys, that's always a question in this game. Well, Aaron, what's interesting to me is he, uh, Rod brought up a point that it kind of took me to something else. I was at DeSoto High School yesterday, 
and I was talking to Byron Washington, one of the largest human beings I've ever seen as a junior in high school. He's six seven and about three eighty five. I saw that picture. It's like stunning. Uh, 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 it's stunning. <laughs> and now I've seen your son, yeah, and yeah. I was like, okay, your son's not that little. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> uh, so, but what Byron said to me that stuck out was, all the kids in Dallas are going to Texas. Wow. And you think about the game tomorrow, Manny Malik Muhammad, two-time state champion at South Oak Cliff, his first game in the Cotton Bowl in Texas OU tomorrow. Jonte Cook won a state title in DeSoto, got DeSoto over uh, the finish line last year. Uh, Byron Washington was a teammate his first game in the Texas OU Robert. He's an O-lineman, I'm assuming. Yes, he is an o <laughs> Anthony Hill, Denton Ryan, first game. In the Texas OU rivalry tomorrow, there's some big time guys that starts one recruiting battles over Oklahoma, A and M, and Alabama in this DFW area. They're playing in their first game tomorrow, Bobby, in Texas OU. It's a big moment for those guys, but they're all from state championship programs. Winners. I look. I, I think it's a big game for everybody. Yes. I, I mean, I, I'm going to be blunt. I mean, no matter where you're from, if you've, I was talking to somebody in the audience earlier. It's their first Texas OU game. And until you've been there, you just can't explain to people what it is, yeah. what it's like. Um, 50% of the audience is yelling and screaming half the time. Yeah. The other 50% has their head bowed a little bit. Yeah, they're, they're, they're yelling bizarre, at you. <laughs> and, and maybe one of the maybe one of the coolest experiences you can have as a fan because it's either all on or all off. Um, uh, but uh, absolutely love that venue. And Jerry, I, I know it's a, a big game for Dallas. But it's, it's big for the entire state it of is. Texas and for the programs. Uh, look, you mentioned this. Brent Venables lost 49 to nothing last mm-hmm. year, guys. That's, yep. big, that's the worst loss in their program's history to Texas. He comes in and loses two in a row to Texas. That's not going to be wow. – that, that's not what OU fans want to see a- out of their coach. A- a- and Rod and I, we've been talking about this all week on, on Texas football. That's why Brent Venables, he's not playing a conservative game plan. You Mm-mm. cannot come in and play conservative. After 49 nothing last year, there's no way you can get on a bus and go back to Norman if you lose pl- coaching a conservative game. Bob Stoops did not coach conservatively against Texas, and I expect Brent Venables to throw the kitchen sink on both sides of the ball tomorrow because after 49 nothing last year, he can't mm-hmm. go home playing conservative with a loss. No chance. Agreed. Well, and when I was driving up here, Rod, I heard Jim Rome uh, on our station interview Gerald McCoy. He had Gerald McCoy on, and he was talking about, how, yeah, every time I've seen Brett Venables, we've reminded him 49 nothing, 49 nothing. <laughs> I bet he's heard it about <laughs> yeah, a million yeah, times. Yeah, he, that's all he's heard. He said, I'm guaranteeing you it's up in the locker room, the number's up in the locker room. Uh, that is a motivational piece, Rod. Rod, you were a part of a couple of uh, – I'm sorry to bring this up – a couple of one sided games at Texas. I mean, that, that, that stings. I mean, losing is one thing, but getting, getting run off the field is a whole different animal. Yeah, no, you, uh, you carry that shame with you in the offseason, and I guarantee Oklahoma has. There's no doubt about it. So they've obsessed about it the entire offseason, and Jeff Levy knows uh, what's at stake, and I think they're going to come out early and try to match the energy of, Oklahoma, uh, of Texas early on. So we know Sark's opening script has been fantastic uh, in both of these contests. So I think they're going to come out early and try to match Texas energy. I think they're going to throw a lot of things at Texas, either to get on top of Texas early or try to force Texas to start slow. And I think those exotics will come, as Jerry said, in all three phases of the game. Yeah, I got to think, Patrick, that uh, Brett Venables and his staff watching film of this would sign up right now for the Kansas end, you know, middle of the third quarter. It's 16-13. Yes. Uh, end of the uh, third quarter against Wyoming is 10-10. I mean, this is what you – and Rod and I have talked about this all week long, Patrick, about bend but don't break. Yes, you want to be aggressive, 
but I heard Bobby say it on y'all's uh, on Texas uh, stream. Uh, maybe show blitz and look like you're going to be aggressive and then back off and because you because you know make Texas go and force them into the red zone and see if they can score touchdowns and not settle for field goals. That's how to me they can hang around and then force a turnover here and there uh, to be in this game. They want that fourth quarter game. I still think that favors Texas because right. we've seen Texas be able to kick it in gear and go go secretariat when they need to in the fourth quarter. And Oklahoma's not as deep as Texas, but Patrick, that's the recipe. I've heard Rod talk all week about paths to victory. Dylan Gabriel has to play great, and they've got to get this game into the fourth quarter within a score and get their crowd behind it and the belief behind it that they can win this football game. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I, I think that just picking up first downs in, in the first quarter is going to be big because Texas fans are going to come in hot and they're going to come in loud. And if you pick up a few first downs and just kind of quiet them down, just take the wind out of the sails of Texas fans, and then you feel like that's such a moral victory for an Oklahoma team that if you're able to quiet this Texas crowd down a little bit, you feel pretty good. You can take a shot over the top, and if you get the right the right personnel in for Texas, you may get seven points on the board before Texas even sees the ball. Or, you know, Sark's first series tends not to be a scoring play, except for maybe last year at Oklahoma. But if you can get that seven points on the board first, kind of quiet down the audience by picking up just a few first downs, just doing what Dylan Gabriel does, just picking up short yardage passes, just kind of move it down. Throw the ball to Drake Stoops to piss off Texas fans. All that stuff. If you can do that, <laughs> I think that's a solid path to kind of setting your tone in the game early. And then it is. If you can get to the second half where you're three down or three up, you feel really good going into the second half after last year getting beat 49 nothing. It kind of resets the entire slate, and it becomes Texas OU where both teams are good again. Absolutely. We are live at Terry Black's Barbecue in downtown Dallas for uh, this part of it. It's myself, Jerry Hamilton from Inside Texas, Bobby Burton from Inside Texas, uh, Rob Babers and Patrick Davis back in the Horn headquarters. Uh, special extra broadcast today. Uh, it's the Red River Rivalry, number 119, the final as members of the Big 12 Conference. Uh, Rod, uh, Patrick, do you have a big fat poll? Patrick's big fat poll today that you need to uh, announce? Or what are we doing? What are we getting people involved? What are you, what's your question of the day? All right, let's hit the big fat poll then. Patrick's big fat poll of the day on the horn. This one's an easy one. Text in 512-447-3776. We say you guys drive the show. I just try to keep it on the rails. 512-447-3776. Which quarter for you is the most important for Texas on Saturday? What quarter is Ooh. most important for you? So I'm only giving you four options. But do you say, do you say <laughs> that it's so important that they come out strong and just put a stranglehold on this and don't allow OU to even get started? Or is this going to be a fourth quarter game? Is this a, you know, you come out at half and you need to make a strong statement because it's going to be going. Is this going into half? Yeah. Tell me on the text line, 512-447-3776. Hit us up on the text line. Let us know what you think is going to be the most important quarter. Tell me why as well. We'll try and get to those. If you've got any questions for Aaron Hogan and the guys out at Terry Black's, send that in. Rob Babers with me as well. If you've got any questions about the Texas game y'all want answered, uh, we'll try and get to those as well. 512 512- Four four seven three seven seven six. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll go back to Aaron Hogan at Terry Black's. Rob Babers in the studio with me. The whole Horn crew at full power here on a th- on a Friday afternoon, getting ready for Texas OU. It is four twenty three, and OU still sucks here on the Horn one zero one nine AM twelve sixty. The Horn app and hornfm.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis of The Horn. Back on the Sports Complex, special three-hour show on a Friday afternoon. It is a 5-1-2 Friday, so we're still playing all you great local bands. You can go check out around town this weekend. This is Tenant Vision, and they are playing the ABGB down in Austin tonight. So if you want to go to the ABGB down in South Austin, check out Tenant Vision. Bunch of young guys. They're getting older. They've been young guys for too long. That's what happens. You get older as young guys. <laughs> happens to us all. Happens to everybody. Happens Even to everybody. They were high school kids when I met them. I think they're all graduated now. <laughs> uh, but 10 Visions, you can go check out ABGB. On the show today, we're a special uh, three-hour show because we're talking Texas OU. We've got my man Rob Babers in studio with me and out at Terry Black's Barbecue in Dallas. Man, Aaron Hogan. Aaron, uh, you... you you're gonna be come back and you're come back tonight because you got the pregame show mm. tomorrow. Wow! Yeah, yep. you, you're talking more Texas OU nine to eleven tomorrow morning here on the Horn. You can join me and Jacob Standard out at the Fieldhouse at the Crossover tomorrow for the watch party. But uh, how's it feeling right now in Dallas? Feeling good. Uh, it is great. I'm in Terry Black's. I I, I or had some lunch. I did that. I told Rob this morning when I left at eleven or so. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to eat anything. I was going to get here having not eaten and this, and I over-ordered, Rod. I over-ordered. Of course you Man, did. I, I still have like, I mean, I, I ate some of it. Uh, I got dinner and maybe a snack later uh, from what I ordered just for lunch today. But oh. uh, that's the way it goes. But it's phenomenal. Some pork ribs, some brisket here is unbelievable. Uh, and I couldn't do the big beef rib. It just was like too, like Fred Flintstone, uh, enormous. I didn't need like a steak in the middle of the day. Uh, man, they are amazing. The sides here are so good, too. But, uh, yeah, this is the perfect spot. And so come on out. It's kind of an old-school roundtable vibe, people rolling in here, parking. One thing I always said when I talked to Terry last year about this, Terry Black, you guys have parking. So, yes. uh, you know, nothing worse than trying to go to a place and you're driving around looking for a place to park in a downtown area. Uh, they've got a parking lot right behind us that's theirs all the way back here and then another one across that's uh, public parking uh, for the city. So uh, easy to get in, easy to get out, food drinks and good times at terry black's barbecue and great weather today i know yeah Amazing but now we're sitting weather. right next to the pit so it's a little warmer where we well, are look that's why i let bobby burton sit at the end i think i'm gonna have smoke inhalation <laughs> by the time this is over. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're right outside of the uh the four or five huge pits terry told me that he gets those made out in dripping springs he's got a guy out in dripping springs makes all his pits uh for all of his restaurants uh including here new one coming online too by the way in uh, waco Right outside of Chip and JoJo's place, the whole Magnolia deal, the Magnolia bit right by nice. um, McLean Stadium. So, yeah, uh, awesome places. This is a good spot. So come on out and eat. And, Rod, uh, I'll bring you some, bri- some, some barbecue. You just oh. t- text me your order, and I'll bring it home. We'll have it for breakfast. Just tomorrow. bring some ribs, man. Just some ribs. <laughs> just, that's all you got to do. Just bring me some ribs. Pork, you're all good, pork, brother. Pork or beef or both? Uh, pork. No, that beef rib, you're right. That's intimidating. I'm with you. That thing is <laughs> That thing is huge, man. I might. That's a you got. You got a double team. That thing. I need a partner with it. Hey, Rod. I got a question for you. Go ahead. Not many. Maybe a few listeners that have played in the game will know. What's it? What's that locker room like before the game? Oh yeah, that's a. It depends. Yeah, that's a. That's a. I remember after 
we lost in 2000. It was a pretty quiet locker room. That was. Uh, what, what about before leading up to? What is? Can you sense the nerves? Can you see it? I mean, what's it like being in that locker room leading up to the game? Well, I think everybody understands. Once, once, every, once you have a veteran team, everybody understands the the magnitude and they understand the emotional charge of that game and they understand how you have to kind of uh, the intensity right and that I don't think the young guys get it they don't really understand it so you need a veteran team to understand it and I've, I've heard there are some locker rooms that are different you know some locker rooms uh, they get loose all right if you are really now Texas I think maybe the VY in 2005 that was a different locker room from what I heard, right? Those guys were really confident. They knew, oh, man, we are a better team, and we're on our way to – we got a higher purpose, right? And uh, actually, Oklahoma's just in our way. And that's rare for a, a, a team on either side to have that kind of attitude, but that was a special team, um, and a special team could do that, but sometimes that special team is matched up against another special Oklahoma team. That's what made those 2000s uh, teams really, really good because you had Oklahoma who was competing for national championships consistently, and then Texas as well was also in that conversation. Hopefully we are getting back to that point, um, and that's why there was so much pressure about this game you almost felt like and you talked about this too jerry that after that game you know you felt like the season was over at times that was a, a emotional letdown that after because the, the the magnitude of it that you really couldn't quantify and you had to pick yourself back up because that's not the end of the season it just felt that way because of how big that loss was and how big the win is because the win catapults you into a different conversation yeah it does uh, and speaking of locker room, what's it like, Rob, when you come out of the locker room and you're like face to face with OU? There's like four cops. Like they could break up a fight if something really wanted to happen right there. I mean, the locker room uh, for both teams. I mean, you come out into the same hallway. I mean, that's 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 unique to uh, to this rivalry. In addition to everything else, it's unique to this rivalry. Yeah, I don't know. If they do it exactly at the same time like they used to. They used to actually let them come out literally at the same time. And it was you're right. That was anarchy. They can't do that. That was mayhem. Uh, they were just asking for some fight to happen. Now I, I do. They, they got some more safeguards in place, but they don't let them come out at the same time. Well, when I was there, yeah, they would come out. Or you would see guys. It was there were confrontations happening. That, yeah, I, I actually don't endorse that either because I just talked about the emotional intensity is way too high. You, I could easily see somebody getting slugged or somebody doing something crazy at that point. You can't entice the guys like that. So, yeah, I think they've actually kind of gone away from having them do it at the same time in the tunnel. Yeah. And they finally put the tarp over the tunnel instead of just letting people hang down and drop Oklahoma fans drop stuff down in yeah, there. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like beer cans and yeah. you know, yeah. spare teeth. <laughs> um, you know, or tooth. I, yeah, or spare tooth. Yeah, there you go. Um, I tell you what, Rod, this reminds me of Brian Irwin earlier this week. I was talking to him. He was a former GA at Texas. And, Rod, he said that what used to happen is Texas would come out first and then the GAs and the volunteer assistants and all the equipment guys would be behind you guys. And Oklahoma then would come out after you guys. And so basically the only line of defense between the back of the Texas line. Uh, and the, the short straw guys. The, the short straw guys. And the front of the OU line were these GAs that, you know, <laughs> they're, they're five foot ten and 160 pounds. And. <laughs> they were looking down the entire they, – they were trying oh, to keep man. the Oklahoma team off you guys, and it was, like, useless. And Bobby, to hear him now, was the time of their life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He loves – he wouldn't trade it for anything. That's like that's like being in the middle of the running of the Bulls. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, you're not going – you're not going to do much hey, here. They, they were actually the cape. Exactly. Right? <laughs> they, they, they weren't the bull or the 
Are they weren't the attacker or the attack. They were just the cape. Uh, if you're just tuning in and uh, on the horn, uh, we're live here at Terry Black's Barbecue. Terry Black just walked in. We'll say hi to him coming up at some point. But uh, Jerry Hamilton is here. Bobby Burton from inside Texas giving us some time. Of course, Rod and I have been working with you guys on the On Texas Football Channel, which is really cool. We've got a great crowd here and building to, to watch us this afternoon. But you guys have, have built an incredibly loyal audience on the On Texas Football Channel, not just in Austin and Central Texas, but all over the world coming in here for this game. That's really cool. The, Bobby, you're, you're on the forefront of the, uh, the YouTube thing and the power of, of – the reach that you can have with that type on top of radio and apps and those kind of things. Oh, we love it. Uh, I think that it gives people, uh, gives Longhorn fans who aren't in Austin an opportunity to be part of the community that they feel and have grown up to be so close to. You know what I mean? They don't have to be from Austin. They can be from uh, anywhere. From Midland. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, we have guys from, we had a guy on today from Abu Dhabi. <laughs> wow. I mean, give, give me a break, you know? Wow. And I, at the same time, it's, it's, you know, once you're a Longhorn fan, I think you're always a Longhorn fan. Sure. And uh, I, I think that that's what uh, YouTube and the Internet really allows for, uh, is for people to mix and meet uh, from very different areas of the world and country. We had people come up to us from North Carolina today. Yep. They're in town just for this game. Uh, wanted to make it a little bit of a bucket list item. Uh, they were here. Just uh, It's been awesome. It, yeah, it, it's for awesome. me, we do the coffee and football show from 8 to 9 in the mornings. It's always awesome to see where everybody's checking in from in the comments section. I mean, literally, it's a new town, new city every day that I haven't seen on the comments section before, and it gives you energy. I mean, it, it really energizes you to start the day and start a mm -hmm. show when everybody's saying, checking in from here, checking in from here, checking in from here. They made two, two, 300 people saying that. Yep. It, it gives you a lot of energy. It's really cool. Well, and, Rod, you know mm -hmm. this, uh, doing what you do with them and with us on the radio and the app, and we get uh, texts from people all over the, all over the exactly. world listening uh, it, and it's only going to get better this year and then into the SEC when uh -huh. we're able to meet these folks at these big SEC road trips and Ann Arbor, Michigan next September. I mean, this is, this is big time. Hey, I, I'm, calling, I'm calling one remote right now, Florabama in Perdido Key. <laughs> you already told us that. Uh, hey, you've been there. People have been – that is the best place I've ever been to to watch Florida, college Alabama. football. Florida, Alabama. That's on the Alabama-Florida wow. border. Yeah, on the Florida side, so they don't have to state income tax, obviously. But <laughs> smart businessman. But they have three live music stages. It's grown so big right now. But I was in there uh, the, the day of the Texas-Baylor game. I've been down in uh, schools, going to schools in Florida and Alabama. Amazing place to watch college football. There were Alabama fans, Tennessee fans, almost every team you can imagine was in there. And all of them hated Alabama because Alabama was playing right against Ole Miss. But I was just thinking, what would that what was that like the night Texas beat Alabama? Oh yeah. What would what was it like in Florabama? And I said at that point, I told Bobby, I think I told you, I said, that's a place to do a remote if I've ever seen one. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, I, and and that's the SEC Hands move. up, hands up, <laughs> uh, because it starts next year. And, Rod, I mean, now one of the things you and I have talked about quite a bit is uh, so many guys on this Texas football team don't ever plan on playing a game in the SEC. They, don't, they, they want this year to leave a mark, finish a bookend of the first Big 12 championship in the last. Uh, they didn't win as many as they probably should have over the course of the uh, two and a half decades of this conference. But at the same time, this group has a chance to leave a legacy. Back-to-back -back Oklahoma yes. wins. Uh, maybe something special here in the Big 12 and beyond. That's what I love about this team and the leadership. You just talked about it takes a special locker room, Rod. Uh, this team has a lot of leaders at the top that feels like they can uh, navigate this team and get them through tough four, fourth quarters and tough times. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you can tell that this, this team has great football character, right? They, uh, they have high football IQ. Uh, they, they respond well to adversity. Um, this is a group that's, uh, you know, I always say there are two types of Texas football players, and you can evolve into one or the other or devolve into one or the other. Uh, there are guys that come to play for Texas and guys that come to play at Texas, and there is a big difference. The guys that come to play at Texas, hey, they want to know what Texas can do for them. The guys that come to play for Texas, they're trying to make sure they leave the program better than they found it. Uh, they want to know what they can do for the program, the Rojo type guys. Uh, you got a lot of guys on this team that came here to play for Texas. And even the guys that originally probably were at Texas guys, now they are for Texas guys. There's a big difference. And when I, when we, I, the best teams I played on at Texas, most of the team were guys who came to play for Texas. They were trying to do something for the program, and everything else will work itself out. I think you got a lot of guys with that kind of attitude. That's a great point, Rod Baber. It's a great point. Yeah, and they do. And, uh, uh, Bobby, they won't play in the SEC, right? I mean, the, the Jalen Ford, all the guys we talked about that came back, uh, all the guys, Quinn Ewers included, that would like to be in April's draft, uh, they've got a chance to leave. As Rod always tells me, leave it better than you found it and really start something special with this with Sark and this group uh, for the long haul because the recruiting's still going good, and that doesn't seem like it's going to slow down. But um, that's exciting to have that much leadership on this team. I, I think experience is what's, what's helping this team. I mean, we talked about it earlier. Um, you have guys like Jalen Ford. You have Jaron Thompson. You have a guy like Jalen Catalan that comes in and immediately takes some leadership in the, in the room. Uh, Jade Barron, Byron Murphy, Tavondre Sweat. I mean, look, they have – Texas has about 10 to 15 guys that are juniors and seniors that are playing major roles on this team. That's – you know, that's what we've been waiting on is, yeah. is a, a team that matures and has talent simultaneously. Yeah, Texas you, hasn't had that in a long time. They've had talent sporadically, but they haven't had talent and leadership going on at the same time to me. Uh, and then, as you talked about earlier, these young guys like Anthony Hill and Manny Muhammad and uh, these guys that are kind of sprinkled in. To, you, got, you got guys plugging gaps at the top, but also, man, some real talented players. And, uh, Rod, you and I talked about it this morning. I'd like to get your thoughts here in the afternoon on Anthony Hill's impact in this game. We saw it against Alabama. Uh, Jalen Catalan's not played a lot, but maybe he's big in this game. And then Anthony Hill getting after Dylan Gabriel, being in that pass rush, uh, being a guy who can really go after him. We saw it against Alabama, against Jalen Milrow, using that elite speed to become a problem, especially on obvious passing downs. Yeah, I mean, that's, to me, I think it's going to be the issue for Oklahoma, right? They haven't faced a pass rush like Texas. And, you know, we'll, we'll see if Texas has, a, has an issue with the run game. I don't anticipate Oklahoma all of a sudden, uh, you know, their running game growing wings overnight <laughs> um, and becoming <laughs> a really good running game against one of the best rush defenses in the country. I don't think it's going to happen. I think this game is going to come down to Dylan Gabriel because that's a Dylan Gabriel-centric offense and whether he can make plays against that Texas secondary in that back seven and if that's the case you got to pressure them early and often if texas doesn't get organic pressure uh, i can definitely see in predictable passing situations like you said either after texas shuts down the run game uh them putting anthony hill in some very uh diverse pass rushing situations i'd move him around michael parsons style and find him a matchup uh use twists and stunts and games up front as my man jerry said earlier and just try to find that guy a, a way that he can get into the backfield and use his athleticism that's what you want to do create you want to create opportunities opportunities for him to, uh, to, to exploit and expose matchup advantages. Yeah, they haven't seen a athlete like this at Oklahoma this year, or a defense like this. And, Jerry, I read your write, one of your write-ups on Inside Texas about their, their tackles are good, interior they can struggle, and they're going to have to help on Mur Murphy and Sweat 
that's where even if you bring Anthony Hill up the middle sometimes, yeah. they're going to have a hard time. No, I, I, I totally agree. Look, I mean, you'll know the game's going well for Texas if Oklahoma's having to help uh, on the interior. I mean, that's when you know things are going really well uh, for Texas is if you're seeing, I think, more Byron Murphy and Alfred Collins. And one thing about if you go back and watch the Alabama game, the first quarter of that game, Texas defensive linemen weren't, their feet weren't on the Alabama side of the line of scrimmage. I want to see Texas feet on Oklahoma's side of the line of scrimmage from the get-go Saturday. They're not playing against Baylor. That, that was a bad offensive line. This is a much better offensive line. But I want to see penetration early, and I think it's Murphy and Collins more so than Sweat. I think Sweat holds that point of attack, and he can get upfield. But I think it's Murphy and Collins playing on Oklahoma's side of, of the line of scrimmage. And if they can do that early, it's going to force uh, Levy and Oklahoma to make some decisions. I, I think Oklahoma's going to almost forego the conventional run game. Wow. I, 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 I think they're going to try to throw it outside and let the receivers try to be their run game. Yards after contact, get three to four yards, make it second and six out yep. there as opposed to trying to beat Texas up between the tackles. They're not going to do that. Uh, to what Rod's point, you don't just all of a sudden become a good interior run team no. when you're playing one of the better run defenses in the conference. And, and they and watch the, the Alabama game. They yeah. know. These coaches are yeah. smart. Hey, they, watch the, they watch the Alabama they'll game. Try to, uh, they'll try to throw it outside to can create a run game. That will be their run game. Hey, uh, Maybe I, dump it down to the back. I think Texas will be ready for that. Same time I watched the Washington football team not be able to stop two routes from D.J. Moore last <laughs> night. Hitch route, and what would you say, Rod, a nine route. Go and they, they let him gain 240 route yards. Uh, you know, you still got to cover people. Hey, uh, Patrick, throw it to break. We're up here at Terry Black's Barbecue, Main Street in Dallas, uh, just east of 30. We've got a good crowd building. Uh, so come on out if you're in Dallas. If you're back in Austin, lock it in. Patrick, get us to uh, timeout. There you go. It's uh, 512-447-3776 is the text line. Hit us up on the text line. Today we're asking what quarter will be the most important for Texas against OU. Send that in. Any questions you got for any of the guys, Rob Babers in studio, Aaron Hogan out at Terry Black's in Dallas. We're going to take a break. We come back. We'll get some more uh, Texas OU coverage right here on the Sports Complex on the Horn. 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex on the Horn. Back on the Sports Complex on a Friday afternoon, the special extended three-hour Sports Complex for you, getting you ready for Texas NOU. It's a 5-1-2 Friday. Playing bands you can go check out around town this weekend. I know there is ACL Fest this weekend as well. So there may you may be going out to festivals. Some of these will be afterwards if you, if you take off a little bit early. Some of these will be happening around if you want to go check out some local music and stay away from ACL Fest. This is Mama Hawk, and they're playing uh, Friday tonight at Chess Club. Nice. So something you can go check out if you're not ACL Festing, or if you are and you, you decide, I, I don't want to stay for the headliner and I'll get out of there early, and you can go check out this band. And Must be nice. Keep the party going. Damn right. So music everywhere. It's like a, it's music all over the place. I mean, in Austin, there's always music. It is it is kind of annoying that this is the time of year that we get the nicest weather we've had in, oh. in like eight months. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, the year period, I don't know if 2023 has had better weather than today. And, and then everybody's coming into town. You're like, it's not like this. Guys, we, we oh, suffered all summer. Damn it, you're right. And they all come here, and oh, then it's beautiful. I forgot about that. So now, you, 
Damn it. You're right about that. We've been suffering through the worst heat wave, and then there's been no rain at all. And it just rained, what, like two days ago? Came down, yeah. rained cats and dogs, and now we got this beautiful fall weather. And yeah, people will be like, it's always like this. I'm moving. <laughs> I'm, moving. I'm coming down. They'll be like, rinse $5,000 a minute. Oh, Come man. on down. I didn't think about that. Damn, Pat. Damn you, Patrick. <laughs> You ruined a beautiful day. Yeah, we'll me. see. There is supposed to be another kind of cold front blowing through tonight, uh, getting yes. it a little bit chillier tomorrow. For yes. uh, If you want to watch the game, we'll be out at the field house, put on a hoodie. It'll be nice weather. Join me and Jacob Standard out at the field house for the watch party tomorrow. Rob Babers, Aaron Hogan doing the pregame uh, from 9 to 11 right here on the Horn. So uh, you can check all that out tomorrow. Uh, we're going to be uh, Aaron Hogan and uh, Bobby Burton, Jerry Hamilton will rejoin us at the top of the hour. Rob Babers in studio with me today. Text lines open 512 447 3776. We say you guys drive the show. I just try to keep it on the rails. We're asking today what quarter will be the most important quarter for Texas against OU? What quarter for you? Is it first quarter quick start? You need that? Is it a, you know, it's just going to come down to the finish? Got to finish strong? Is it going to be around halftime? You need somebody, you need to see them come out of the half? Tell us what it is. Tell us why on the text line. Uh, shout out to Scarlett. Says this is awesome. It's Rob B. and Patrick D., my absolute faves. Y'all are flat out epic. Oh, thank it's you. Texas OU Rivalry Week. So kind. And she's going for, uh, I've been telling them I want to have a uh, nickname for for Texas that's not as long. I don't like Red River Rivalry. I don't, I'm don't. i not even a big fan oh. of Red River Shootout or anything. Yeah. It's all just long. It's a mouthful. So it's like my favorite, as I always said, is Bedlam. It's one Bedlam word is, and it Bedlam works. Bedlam is perfect. It Scarlett is. has been preaching all week. She has. She's found out a thing called Maelstrom. <laughs> well, what? It's a storm that that wow. it's got all this stuff to it that Man. she's gone. So she's going maelstrom. She's sticking to it. I Craig appreciate Way, that. Craig Way would appreciate that that term because that is a very you know what I mean. That's yeah. a, that's one of those uh, you know SAT words terms. <laughs> exactly. Like I've never heard that before. It's pretty good. We always use State Fair Street. I use well, we I use State Fair Street fight because I'm with you. I don't like Red River rivalry. I don't like Red River showdown. Obviously, shootouts are not they're politically incorrect. State street fights are still cool. People 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 film strip street fights and they go viral. Yeah. But shootouts, obviously, everybody's against shootouts. Yeah, we don't so want just, this to be a world star. There you go. <laughs> there, there you go. Uh, uh, my man Chan. First quarter is uh, what he says. Uh, you got to be strong. Show you. That Texas is here to battle. He is still nervous, though. Chan's still nervous. About is is this. that for now? This first quarter is for Texas. And your for question Texas. is about Texas. For Texas, the most think, important quarter for Texas. I think Oklahoma, the first quarter, is the most I important agree. for them. I agree too, because I think you have to take the crowd kind of out of yeah. it. I think you have to put some points up early, because now we've seen Texas can play in the second half now. And <laughs> like, if you have that, if you had that to last year, Texas has a great season last year. Oh, if you had the second half performances they've had this year to last year, oh, they're, they're just fine. They're winning the, they might be in the Big 12 championship game. Yeah. <laughs> this is the case. Uh, Chief Engineer says third quarter, we should we should be up 21-10, then Ooh. step on their backs for at least 21. Mm. Then they, they never uh, in a position to catch back up. Okay. Calling a victory 45-21. to 21. That's after they make the adjustments at halftime. The coaches go in, boom, come out, resurgence. I get it. I'm with them. I feel that. Uh, we get another one for the border war. People like the border war for isn't, naming it. Isn't there already a border war? I think there is, though. I think there's other ones. It doesn't think, fit enough uh, yeah, for us. Because, like, yeah. the Iowa, Iowa State or maybe – or maybe, no, it's uh, Kansas City. It's Missouri and Kansas, right? Yeah, that's a, there's definitely another It's like another Kansas State and Missouri war. are one of those because yeah. it's right there in Kansas City, which is yeah. in both of them. We need something unique. We need to Texas go. OU. Nate says, uh, I'll go first quarter for Texas. It's the first quarter, and OU still sucks. you damn like right. That. Always uh, and forever. Fifth quarter, I'll either be happy, drunk, or depressed, drunk. 
Uh, yeah, fifth quarter is going to be good too. <laughs> that's been, that's been, hey, you know what? Overtime. I mean, that could be a fifth quarter. Don't be, you know, joking about that. No, could we're be. hoping. We're hoping not because that was two years ago when there did not need to be one, but mm. the game kind of turned around there at the end when Caleb Williams came in and things went downhill. Uh, that's the thing about this game, though. The momentum shifts in the game could be big, yes. and that's why I'm a fourth. I think I'm a, I'm going fourth quarter for your question. Fourth quarter. I think too. I think it's going to be. I you know as much as I'd like to think that we're ahead and, and doing great, yeah. the fourth quarter has been important in what four out of the games this year, pretty much three or four out of them. Yeah. So you say the fourth quarter, I think against a really good OU team, uh, I will put it on that too. Keep cinnamon five one two four four seven three seven seven six is the new text line. Send those in uh, when we come back at the six o'clock hour. Rejoining us uh, from Terry Black's barbecue in Dallas, Aaron Hogan, Jerry Hamilton, uh, Bobby Burton. All will be out there. Rob Baber is going to be with us the whole show as well. Aaron Hogan will be with us the whole show. And we'll keep the sports complex rolling with your text. Uh, if you've got questions for the guys before they take off, send that in. If you've got questions for Rob Baber's Aaron Hogan, since they're joining me on a sports complex, send those in as well. And you know what? Final predictions. Give us your final score predictions nice. as well for Texas. We always love getting those on a Friday. We're going to take one more break. We come back top of the hour. More Texas OU talk right here on the sports complex on the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com.